0: You're listening to WikiSleep Podcast, a podcast designed to help you relax and unwind through calm, quiet storytelling. I'm your host, Adrian Sala. Today's episode is on wine, a big, complicated subject that people spend their entire lives learning and exploring. Wine is loaded with tradition, nuance, strange history, and all sorts of rules that go against the rules of the rules that you should always follow. And that makes people nervous. But really, who cares? It's just wine. Knowing a bit about it is great, but remember, the most important thing about a glass of wine is that you have one in front of you. In a way, the history of wine is the history of civilization, intertwined with religion. Because of the deliciously altered state it so graciously puts people in, wine or wine-like beverages have long been thought of as sacred liquids by most major religious organizations. One of the most common uses is with the Christian Ceremony of the Eucharist, also known as Communion where devotees consume crackers and wine to represent the body and blood of Christ. There is also a story about Noah from the Bible, who famously passed out and drunkenly exposed himself to his sons after too much of the good stuff. But it isn't just Christians who dig on wine. In Greek mythology, Dionysus, the son of the god Zeus and a mortal woman named Semele, was promoted to full god status after discovering how to harvest grapes and produce wine, which seems a pretty good reason for being faulted. And it isn't the only incident of ascension or salvation for someone who did the same. In a Persian tale, the grumpy king Jamshid banished a member of his harem, who became so distraught she decided to end her life by drinking grape juice that had gone off and was believed to be poison. But to the pleasure of both the girl and the king, her attempt did not kill her, but made her drunk and happy instead. Because of her accidental discovery, she was forgiven and reinstated into the harem. Jamshid then decreed that all grapes of Persopolis were to be devoted to creating wine and essentially became one of the world's first wine geeks and a major trader of wine during the Persian Empire. There is also a tale of the ridiculously wealthy Egyptian pharaoh Cleopatra promising her lover, Roman General Antony, that she would drink the value of a province for him, at which point she dropped a very pricey pearl into a glass of wine and drank it back. No one is exactly sure how the gesture was received. But it's worth noting that Cleopatra was the last active pharaoh of the Egyptian empire. Sometimes having too much money makes people stupid. All the various lore and myth stuff aside, the practice of fermenting grape juice, also known as winemaking, is incredibly old. It predates written history, but there is a lot of evidence that it was being done well before the Egyptians were putting up giant pointed sandcastles to bury their earthly gods. A recently discovered stash of wine was found at a Neolithic village site in Iran. After analyzing one of the six clay vessels, it was determined by scientists to contain the remnants of 7,000-year-old wine. This proves that you may as well always drink what's left, otherwise you might die and your wine could be forgotten for thousands of years and no one will be able to thank you for sharing. While there were pockets of people making wine in the Middle East thousands of years ago, it was the Romans and Greeks who really took things to the next level, and secured wine as a major part of life for everyone around the year 100. The Romans are credited with constructing the first efficient wooden barrels for storing large amounts of wine and the Greeks adapted the then recent invention of the screw to create the wine press, which allowed for mass production of a product that was previously made using a slow and laborious process. It's also worth noting that the first printing press was made from a modified wine press. Gutenberg knew there was something compelling about wine, and managed to change the world with its most useful tool. Together, the Greeks and Romans helped turn wine into a commodity. By the end of the first century, there are written accounts of soldiers and citizens being publicly drunk to the point of it being viewed as a social issue. Later, due to links between religious ceremony and the rise of Christianity throughout the Roman Empire, wine became an essential part of daily life. And by the time the Renaissance kicked off, wine was the drink of most social classes in mainland Europe. There were a number of additional things that happened to increase wine's popularity over